Hello and greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and I am here today with a brother in Christ, Michael Lehan. And if you have not heard his story, uh, you're going to need to sit down, listen closely, maybe even take some notes. Uh, you may want to, if you're watching this on the replay, you may want to pause and rewind and listen to what he has to say because he has been down some roads that most people don't travel. And many of us have people in our lives that are hurting and they're involved in things they shouldn't be. And it leads them to despair and a life of hopelessness. But he has a life of testimony of the power and authority of Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful to have him on the broadcast here today. Michael, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here because uh, you came highly recommended by a couple people. And so I went to Audible and I listened to your book and I went, what? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was like, I, I, I literally listened to the whole thing straight through. I very rarely do that. You know, right. I do a chapter here, two chapters there. I could not turn it off. It was on in the car. It was on when I was doing my housework. It was, I was sitting at my desk working and, you know, I had to stop and listen because the story was so powerful, so authentic and so beautiful of how the Lord continued to pursue you. So if you could just take a few moments to give them a little bit of background about your story. Well, I, you know, I grew up in, uh, you know, in Los Angeles and, you know, there's a lot of abuse in our family. We went to church, a mainstream church, but uh, but it was nothing like church at home. I mean, we went there and then we got home. It's different. My mom was into like tarot cards, some and crystal pendulums. And so was my grandmother. And, and that kind of entered me into uh, and there was quite a bit of abuse, especially for my maternal grandmother. And uh, it just set up the groundwork. She even at one time says, you're, you're the third generation. You're going to serve evil someday. And, wow. uh, and uh, you know what? It just stuck. And she gave me a scripture. I created light. I created dark. I created good. I created evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. And in my mind, even at a young age, I thought God was both good and evil. So it set mm -hmm. the groundwork. So later in life, when things got a little tough or, or uh, when I was in a bind that I literally, I didn't know who to serve. You know, this God is both good and evil. Yeah. And, and so at any rate, I, I, when I was, uh, going through a divorce later in life, uh, lost my kids. I think I was 30, if I want to say 37 or so. And uh, I just had it with God. And I said, I've had enough. You know, I might as well serve the dark side. So I invited Satan in and, and uh, then the rest is history. I served him for about 20 years. Well, that's a long time to walk in darkness. Yeah, it is. You know, Michael, what you're saying is is so important because people don't understand that if we believe the lies from our childhood, the right. some of the, you know, we, especially when we're hurt and wounded, the enemy will come in and use things to plant seeds. Right. And that seed was planted. Early and um, of course, the doors were open in the spirit realm because we know that tarot cards and crystals and all of that is very demonic, very new age, but very unfortunately acceptable in the uh, culture that we live in, people do have no idea how real the spiritual world was. Were you aware of just how real the spiritual world was? Or were you just kind of like, eh, you know, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Or were you really aware of when you stepped in to the darkness, did you realize what you were going into? Well, first of all, I was speaking in Canada once and a pastor, you know, when I was up talking and and we were, he introduced me as, you know, ex-Satanist. And then he goes, aren't we all ex-Satanists before we come to Christ? And it made sense. We are. You're either, yes. me, you're either with me or against me. 
and that right. made a lot of sense. But when I was young, you know, I always had like a gift of uh, I could see things in the future. I, I'm not calling myself a prophet, but early on I had that. And that's not a gift from the Holy Spirit. That's a gift God gives us before we're in our mother's womb. We can use it for good and bad. That's so I right. talked a lot about I'm no different than the tarot card reader or whatever. It's just the God we serve. And uh, no, I knew early on there was something special, you know, even my first curse, I think I put on my mother one time, I, you know, because uh, something bad was going to happen. And she slipped and broke her foot, her leg. Actually, she slipped and broke her leg. So uh, I saw results of believing in something and falling through with it. So even early on, I knew, you know, I knew that I was very spiritual early on. You know, it's interesting when said and i love what that pastor said because that is so true and you made a comment in your book that stood out to me and i thought man that is that is truth right there because you said the only difference between a um lukewarm christian and a satanist is nothing yeah and i was like that is so true because you know the bible tells us to be you know he doesn't he wants to be hot or cold you know if he's or lukewarm we're gonna get spewed out there's so many in today's culture that just have that checkmark mentality of Christianity. It's like, I live in Middle Tennessee. And uh, when I moved here, there were, I was like, oh, there's so many Christians. Cause like, so what church do you go to? And all this, everything. And, and there was almost a culture of, if you were born in a Christian home, then you were a Christian. Right. And I'm like, listen, let's back up a little bit. You know, there's a big difference between proclaiming to be a Christian and being a Christ follower and being adhering to his word and being a biblical Christian. Okay. I guess that's the way I should put it is a biblical Christian, because right. there's all kinds of blends out there. And some of the movements we see now in Christianity is really scary. So um, you see a lot of occultism sneaking into the church. Uh, my biggest thing is, is ministering to the church because <laughs> I was on a show not too long ago. I mean, fairly recent history and, they said, well, you live in a Bible belt in Oklahoma. I said, no, I call it the bondage belt. And the reason mm -hmm. I say that is because every, a lot of Bibles are open, but they're not, they're not, list, it's almost like pharisaical stuff. They're not, they don't hear, it's like revelatory stuff from the Lord or your, or your story is so outlandish. They don't want to, you know, they just, they put you off as crazy or mentally ill. And, uh, I think that lukewarm, or not even lukewarm, I'm not going to call it lukewarm. I think the average, he says, if you love me, you'll follow my way, you'll obey my commands. And yeah. it, that doesn't mean just, you know, if you love this world or anything in it, you're an enemy. So the, we have to make a concerted effort to to do the works, Matthew 5, 16. You know, uh, let men see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're saved by grace, not by works, but we're saved. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. We're saved for works, and uh, it's important. Uh, you'll know, you'll know his followers. He tells us you'll you'll know them by by their fruit. You'll know them by their actions. Because and we sh next time I talk to you, I should see a difference. We should be changing. I mean, literally, we ought to see change in people. We ought to see it as they grow in Christ, because we're being sanctified to become more like Him. So I don't know if that answered your question or not, but. Uh, but no, I, I, it I does. think most it does. The, the cult, I think the most uh, the most invasive cult, uh, cult, I think, is narcissism. I think narcissism is the is the ultimate uh, satanic person is a narcissist because he doesn't you know, he wants us to serve others and 
and actually uh, give of ourselves and even die for for a brother or sister. Uh, that's true love, and 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 narcissism is the actually the one of the highest forms of Satanism there is, because you don't I notice. Believe it. That. I believe that, and I believe that your your hurt and pain and things from your early years formed you into that. You defined yourself in the book as a. Um, what was it? Ego-centered, narcissistic humanist. And I was like, well, he's keeping it real right here. Because yeah. that kind I, of- I said that. I, I actually said that. Yeah, you said that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was I, I was like, whoa. I, I know it was early chapters on. I don't know. One of them. Or you, yeah. you might have said, you might have been referring to someone coming in like that. But I was like, whoa, that was heavy. Because it's yeah. true. Yeah. Selfishness. Is, is what we see in culture today. We see people worshiping self and self-gratification and it's all about me. And that is what, you know, the whole, uh, you know, you had talked about the different types of Satanism. A lot of people don't realize they, they think one thing, they think that, oh, it's just like worshiping the devil. And they don't realize that they get drawn into it. And uh, can you kind of, for the viewers, give them a little bit of difference between that so they yeah. understand? Yeah, I started in uh, Levian Satanism, which... Uh, is narcissism. Levian Satanism is nothing more than you're your own God. So yeah. it's all about me, me, me. I want this. I want that. Fulfill the flesh. And then I went from, from that to actual theistic Satanism where Satan was my God. So yeah. a couple of years of Levian, I didn't see much in it. I thought, well, I'm already doing this. <laughs> I'm living or whatever, you know. So uh, so at any rate, uh, I, I thought, well, if I'm going to really do this, I just need to serve him as my Lord. And it's just the bad side of God. I mean, it's the same God. He's just got an evil side to him. And, and so I, I went all in. Thought, well, you know, I kind of flipped God off and said, hey, I'm going to serve the dark side of you. And whatever happens, it happens. So Amen. That's, a, that's the difference. Uh, you, you go from, uh, and I think the highest form is actually sitting inside the church as, as narcissist and, and those that claim one thing, but, and I'm not against the church. God, you know, Jesus died for the church. I'm not I'm just trying to wake them up to the fact that, wait a second, who, who are you? So, you know, I love that because the church does need to wake up. We need a great revival. We need to know the truth. And uh, we've got people sitting in the church. Yeah, you know, they walk in, they're smiling on the outside. They're bleeding on the inside. They're they're checking their box. Oh, I, this made me feel good. I did what I'm supposed to do. And they don't stop and think about, um, you know, there's a difference between just giving your life to the Lord and serving him. Right. You know, um, and I love the fact that you mentioned that, you know, the truth and and by seeing the fruit. Yeah. I mean, you can inspect some fruit of people and usually you can see why they are the way they are. Religion is a spirit, you know, uh, relationship is the key. And I've seen a lot of that over the years. And so uh, the church does need it. Right. But I think and, as the church becomes more aware, go ahead. Uh, you know, and you see it and it's really you know, I, I'm in church a lot, different churches speaking stuff. So you see it in that they go unhealed. They're not healthy. Uh, there's no there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit working in their life to make them whole. So that's that's where and it hurts you. It hurts me to see people. I'm not saying they're not Christians. I'm not saying that. But it hurts me to see that they're uh, that they're hurting so much when they don't need to. I mean, we all face troubles and the Lord says, you know, you know, you know, take, 
take joy in that in this trouble in this world you're going to have troubles yeah. but love this that i've overcome the world and people yeah. think since he did you are but if you're not following him you have to be in him to overcome all that and get healed and get to get freshened and to, to hear revelatory knowledge we have to be in him just because he did it doesn't mean we're going to do it so that's a big message of mine to help people get free you know because they think oh he did it so i'm automatically doing it no you're saved i'm not saying you're not saved but who wants to live a wretched life that you know uh yeah. that you're not healed and you have anxiety and depression and worry not me i'm not there you know i don't want that i've seen yeah. the dark you know i've seen the dark side yeah. i don't want any more of it so it's so true because you know um our spirit comes alive when we come to christ and so if you're a christian you're watching this broadcast and you're thinking well you know i've been a christian for 20 years and i'm still in bondage your soul needs to be healed your right. mind, your will, your emotions, all of that. God wants to touch that. He wants to heal that. If he can do that, my brother, Michael, he can do that in anybody because you were so bound up with it, with what at the time you thought was power and you probably didn't find real power until you found the Holy Spirit. But right. but with that being said, there God kept sending people in your path all throughout the book. I've seen all these Christians that were praying and walking in your neighborhood and all of these things. What was that like for you knowing that there were people you know, God was pursuing you through his body. I hated it. I hated those people smiling and they were happy. And, you know, the true Christians, I, I didn't want to be around. I, I just didn't like good old bro stuff. And, hey, bro, how are you? You're not my brother. I, I don't even, I serve a different God than you. Get away from me. And I rejected it over and over until there got a point. I even say in my book, it was like that vortex. Remember that trap door? I talk about mm -hmm. in my book because we can get a point of a seared conscience or hardened heart. Yeah. I don't can you imagine getting to a point where you can't hear anymore or see the Lord anymore or, or what he's trying to do? And we can get to that point. I took I totally believe that. And I was real close to that point and it woke me up some and I started receiving some of what they had to offer. I didn't want to be touched. You know, that's something, you know, you know if you're a Satanist or or evil in any way like that on purpose. I mean, if this is your, you're not going to want to be touched. You're not going to want to be loved. You know, you can't even feel it. You can't even sense it. I couldn't even hardly love my kids, but you get to a point of just uh, rejecting everything good in your life. And I was getting to that point to where I was near death and uh, Lord snatched me. And I almost feel guilty sometimes of, <laughs> you know, he knocked, uh, you know, he, he blinded Paul and some of us are so lost. He has to absolutely kick our rear to get us to pay attention and that's what he did and i'm so thankful i'm glad i didn't grow up in church i am thankful i didn't grow up in church you know uh you know, i wouldn't i would i don't think i'd know what i know now or or be able to speak to people from a place so dark you know so i, I i'm thrilled i i would go through it again to help anybody and uh it, it brings me peace and, and joy and that's what most people don't have they should have that peace that passes all understanding they really don't they're torn up they don't get healed uh forget the seculars <laughs> i mean i'm not saying forget them but just right. inside the church you know the wonder if seculars don't want to come over what do you have the offer that's different from what they have right now nothing you know what i mean there's not much to offer you know salvation is a big thing but they're not going to believe in that if they see somebody that is so wretched or not even wretched but uh having the same troubles that they are you know, in the world, and they don't know how to correct it. They don't let the Lord in uh, to to help sanctify them to get to be more like Him. So, 
You know, that's so true because I think of my own experience, you know, I grew up in a Catholic household, but we were CNEs, you know, we went to church on Christmas and Easter and, you know, I was a little kid. Um, one of my few memories of childhood, because I had some a whole bunch of junk, but uh, was I would like the kids up in the neighborhood and, and conduct Catholic mass. And I would take confessions over in this corner and I would administer elements and stuff. You know, so the, uh, early on, I had a desire for the spiritual aspect, but I got caught into a very dark world as an uh, open door trauma. And then, you know, with obviously you know, drugs and, and promiscuous behavior and all kinds of crazy stuff. And so I look back now on the things that I went through and as painful as everything was, I, I understand why God um, takes what the enemy means for harm and turns it around for good. You know, yeah. it was not God's ideal for us to go through all of that junk. However, he takes it, he turns it for his glory and the glory story, you know, yeah. of uh, how he is the redeemer and he will pursue us and how much he loves us and how far it will go. And so I absolutely love that. But I got really heavy and dark into like concert attending and music. Music yeah. was like my God. Yeah. Uh, I got so bound up. And uh, so, you know, the word entertainment, we've got Venus Monique on here. She's an actress, amazing actress. She's good friends with Steve. And so uh, she's on here saying that she's glad she's able to catch some of this. I see uh, Janet Harley on here. She's probably going to be hitting you up for an interview. I'm just letting you know, Michael, start praying about that because she interviews people and your story is so powerful and the, oh, and the entire world needs to hear it because so many people are blind to it. But I just want to go back for a moment and ask you, do you think that, I, and I know because I would sit in my room as a teenager with a lighter and get a super hot, hot and burn it. And I have scars today, self, you know, mutilation, self pain, all of that is right on that cusp of the dark side. And I can remember doing that stuff while listening to like Black Sabbath and all kinds of dark, deep, painful stuff. So is that an open door into the occult behavior, do you think? Do you think that people listen to things and they don't pay attention to what they're allowing in their ear gates and their eye gates? Right. It's uh, it's what's entering our mind. We become that. Uh, even you know some of the TV shows on of you know murder shows all the time and everything that's on TV. I I don't want I don't want that. I don't need that kind of uh, forget right. porn. It's all porn. Uh, right. news. It's like demon reports. I mean, that's yeah. all it is. Fear anyway. porn is what I call it. The yeah. news of fear porn. Uh, but all that stuff enters the, 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 you know, cutting, you know, I used to cut a lot and, and men don't cut. It's usually girls, but cutting, I mean, it's uh, in Mark five, five, I think, or yeah, the crazed guy cutting himself in with, with uh, stones. He was demonically possessed. Uh, Let's see over in First Kings eighteen twenty eight, for they cut themselves yeah. knives and lances. There's nothing, nothing has changed. I mean, we're humans, and this stuff, right. and it opens up. It's a mock, especially in satanic. It opens up. Uh, it, it mocks the blood of Christ. You take again. It's your own blood. See, uh, right. you get more power from that. And I used to invite demons in. Most people go, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I invited them in. I, have, I can't even tell you how many. You know, uh, guiding me. Uh, it's all about self. It's again, it's that self. It goes, and the more we turn to Christ, the less self there is. And because we become more like him, he was very selfless and uh, total giving. And, and that's the switch. It goes, I believe there's justification and then sanctification. And uh, it's almost like two salvations. He saved our spirit. There it is sealed unto the day of redemption, but this body still needs saved. We need, and that's daily. Yeah. That's a sanctification process. 
and it sounds crazy to salvation, but if you really think of it, that's what it is. He's, he's, we got a, he's got our spirit, I believe. Uh, I, I'm still not sure if we can walk away. I, I don't even want to get theologically into that. I've been studying it for a long time. Uh, whether we're once saved, always saved. I think if truly saved, always saved. I hate the term once saved, always saved. Because really, are you? Because it sure doesn't look like it. You know, you, you nothing has changed in your life. Right. Uh, <laughs> truly saved, I believe you are. But then still that spirit has to get to, I mean, your body has to go through that process of sanctification. That's mm-hmm. a lifetime. Uh, but we again, every time I next time I talk to you, I, I guarantee it, I'll be able to see a difference. I, I hope, and you should right. be able to see something different in me because we're growing in Christ daily. Amen. Amen. You know, and the closer we get to Him, the the more we become like Him. It's just like anything else. That's why influencers are so important. You know, what you get near to, you get into. You know, right. I think about Lot. And, and, you know, I think about his wife and how she was looking back at all that lifestyle and stuff. You know, we're not at that. We're to learn from that, you know, learn from that and then move on. And I love that your book was so well done because it tells the story, but it does not glorify evil. The whole time you can you can sense the anointing of a transformed life, exposing the darkness, not glorifying the darkness. And many times people get so caught up. And uh, the giving a testimonial is hard because you know we don't want to we don't want to shout out the enemy what what he, he did you know he's a defeated foe but the reality is is that that's how we overcome and that's right. how other people are encouraged and your book was so incredibly encouraging especially just God's pursuit and love for you yeah. what a beautiful thing so. Um, have you written anything else besides the, the and I'm going to put the link in here, y'all. If you are listening to this on the broadcast, we are talking about Michael's book and uh, you can get it just about anywhere where fine books are sold. Uh, it's called uh, Ascent from Darkness, How Satan's Soldier Became uh, God's Warrior. And that's certainly what you've done. I love and I, I'm not going to give away the book because I want you guys to go purchase it. I really do. And the reason the most reason I want you to is because of a little test. Testimony, and I hope I can go there with this, Michael, where he was uh, someone picked up a book off of someone's coffee table and uh, they read the book and it transformed them. Can you share just a little bit of that? You don't have to go into detail, but you mean my, my wife? Yes. Can you, yeah. Can you share Hell's that? Angels. Yeah. She was ministering with some people in uh, California and she was at the I think it was the president of that chapter. And they'd go there week to week and minister to the guy. And he was really a polite man. And my book was on the coffee table and she looked at it the second time she looked at it, third time she got there. She goes, this looks good. And he goes, you know, I just, I'm not really reading. I, I don't really read that stuff or anything. You may have it. And that's how I got to know my wife. She read it and then she contacted me. I get a lot of emails and such. Uh, the, the book's been around for 11 years, but it's still going strong. And uh, she read it, contacted, uh, I waited a month or so to contact her back, but six months after I contacted her back, we got married. And, and uh, uh, it's one of the biggest joys of my life because I see her growth in, in the last eight years. And I'm going, whoa, I, I, need to, I need to really step up my game. You know, I need to really step it up because she's just, she's phenomenal. And her growth in Christ is, uh, it just, it's, it's just wonderful. And I get emails after emails of, I mean, thousands of people that said this changed my perspective. And other books, I, I started one, Spiritual Pornography. I started another one, uh, Do You See What I See? And another one, Do You Really Want to Raise Your Hand? And I hate writing. I just, 
I'm not, Steve's a good writer, him, Phil, you know, uh, it's not my forte. I was kind of coerced by the Holy Spirit to write Ascent from Darkness. And I'm glad I did. It's touched yes. a lot of lives. Uh, and I've got some more in the works. There's a movie in the works. It's Ooh. called The Ad it's called the adversary. It's been in the works eight and a half years. Mary Lambert's going to be the director. She did Pet Cemetery one and two. Ralph Winder, who did all the Star Treks and original X Men. The problem wow. is raising the the problem is raising funds for it because I don't want a Christian movie. I told him, Adam, I don't want a Christian writer. I don't want a Christian movie. Uh, only ninety four percent of Christians are going to anything, and over ninety percent of seculars won't go to a Christian movie. So why would I want to write a movie that is, is just the, the the audience is so small? So I was at Lionsgate a, a few months ago and they said, so you're a Christian and Christ told you not to make a Christian movie. I go, absolutely. And it, it'd be the first one that they, they said, there's no other movie like it because it's like a Christian horror flick, if you will. Now, Christ is, is definitely, there is, the message is in there, but it's, uh, I even wrote, I even really honored to be able to write part of the script and, and, and be in the writer, Writers Guild of America. But I wrote the salvation scene and it is scare. I mean, it will, <laughs> your hair will stand up. It's so scary, but it has to be like that. Cause that's the way it was. I kind of tone it down. Yeah. I tone it down on my book. And uh, I'm blessed. Yeah, but you, you got the, you got the point across. Yeah. I'm, I'm blessed that the largest publisher in the world wanted it. And I even told them this, this is not for you, you know, that you, you guys do Bibles and you do all that. And what do you want with this story? And they, they wanted it. So it, uh, it, I'm just blessed. I'm honored that God would have me write it. And then that somebody would read it. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm a huge supporter of Christian films, but I believe that it does need to be on the mainstream because there are so many people that are dealing with it and they don't recognize it. They yeah. have no idea the forces that they are dealing with. And if it's coming across in a film with the powerful testimony of how God pursued you, I can see someone sitting there and it, and the Lord using that to penetrate their heart going, man, maybe I'm not too far gone. Right. Maybe he loves me. Right. Oh, it's powerful. It's, uh, it's going to be quite a project. Uh, I think the film, uh, if it's ever made, it's been in the works eight years. And uh, I mean, they're really, you know, I've sat down with some big stars and, there's a lot of people interested in it. They won't fund their own movies, though, these people. But uh, they're, you can go to adversarymovie.com. And uh, they're, they've got quite, you know, we're, they've been talking to some really, some artists you would know. I mean, really mainstream, uh, award-winning artists that, you know, if it needs to be. It needs to, we don't need a backyard movie. You know, I, I was adamant that we need, you know, some good stars in it. And, I, you know, some A-listers and, uh I mean, this needs to tell, you know, it just kills me that, that most of them, you know, the Christian movies, I'm not saying they're bad, but if the Lord has all the, you know, cattle on a thousand hills, you know, and he's got everything, then why can't we get, get those great movies made for the Lord, you know, for, to, you know, for their kingdom, you know, and, and touch lives, uh, the secular lives. So. Yeah, I think that many times that people the movie theater where they would not attend a church, and um, so they've got to hear the gospel doesn't change, but the avenue of getting it to people does. And through films and things like, you know, Venus on here, she, she's saying that she'd audition for your film and she's class A, I'm just saying. Uh, if you haven't seen any of her work, check it out. Um, she is actually on a show, Vindication, which is uh, 
it's it's kind of like what you're talking about. It is it it meaning behind it, but the quality is so high and it draws you in and you feel like you're watching it's a crime drama. And uh, it doesn't have all the blood and gore. Like you said, you don't want all the murder and stuff like that. But it's got the storyline that draws you in. Things like yeah. that. So we got all kinds of people on here. Uh, getting For people that are dealing with family members, specifically parents, um, you know, I deal a lot with tweens and teens and, and they're hurting, Michael. They're, yeah. they're, they're bound up. They don't understand doors that are open through their life, through the, through the media, the lyrics, the songs, the movies, the social media is really, it's playing a number on them. Um, you know, the average age for kids to see porn now is nine. And right. uh, in your book, you talked about in the occult, uh, the sexual perversion is like one of the top things that, you know, and you have those thoughts come in as soon as you accepted all that darkness that was the first thing as perversion came in how can someone protect their kids now from these type of things what would i know your kids are grown and and you probably got grandkids and stuff but i know that you know the weapons of our warfare is not carnal we're not dealing with their behaviors we're dealing with the spiritual realm after our kids Right. And so prayer, I know, is the number one thing. But besides prayer, is there any, um, do you think that it is appropriate to talk to them about this type of stuff? And if so, um, what would you say to your grandkids to keep them? Do they know about your past? Uh, yeah, and it's still, you know, it. the book's for real. So it affected my family and affected my, sure. my grandkids even because it affected their parents. So. Uh, I've got one daughter hadn't talked to me in four years, uh, you know, so there's still that effect. Uh, and she was the only Christian at the moment. And I said something I shouldn't have said about <laughs> the other side of the family. I said, I didn't know you had that much, the family name in there. And I go away. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that because I failed. I, I said, but you, will you forgive me? And, and my other daughter did, I just made a smart aleck comment and just came out and yet, my secular daughter forgave me, but my Christian daughter didn't, you know, and it was like, this is typical of what's going on. So I think it's very appropriate to talk to them early on, because if we don't, they're, they're getting it on the other side. They're already getting the porn. They're already getting everything on the other side. So I think that we need to introduce that to them. And, and, uh, uh, and God will lead us on what to say. And we don't have to worry about yeah. that. He says, be afraid not what to speak. It's the Holy Spirit in you that's speaking. So that's right. uh, he'll direct you on the time and what to say. Uh, I think it's very appropriate. I, I mean, uh, because they're learning younger and younger and they're growing up yeah. faster and faster. So we need to, we need to reach to them and not, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't tell my wife what to do. I wouldn't tell my kids what to do, but I instruct them in a loving way and love never fails. Uh, love is something that always wins, you know, always. And yeah. uh, I, I tell people that love, uh, you know, God will love you all the way to hell. If that's where you want to go, he, he cannot not love. So that love, you know, we have choice naturally. And that choice trumps his will in our life, right? I mean, that sounds off, but it right. does. Because it's not his will anyone should perish, but have, have everlasting life. But so many perish. So he's after everybody. I could have perished. You know, yeah. he, he made himself so obvious to me. I'm sure I've got more to do in this life than, than uh, actually every time before an interview like this yesterday, I fell 14 feet off the top of my RV onto my back on a hard ground. And that's why I'm leaning kind of sideways because I'm a little hurt. 14 feet. You know, I'm not, was that the enemy or I don't know, but 
it seems like there's always this force we're talking about, this spiritual force that comes, you know, that comes against us. I don't pay much attention to it, to believe you. You, you know, uh, I follow the Lord and, and, and follow him. I, I fail sometimes, but I follow him. I don't pay much attention to the dark side. Uh, he's my deliverer. He's my, in his presence is liberty and freedom. And I don't, yes. I don't have a big deliverance ministry, but he does. So in, yes, in that I'm trying is even with our children and stuff, we, we just love on them. That love that won me over will win them over from, from what they get want to get into. It, it takes them away. It takes them out of this world it really does. So they, and then they realize they can be a good example and change other lives too. So, that's that's the fruit of it. It's an, it's exciting to do what we're doing right now. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, I I get tired out there, and and I've even in the last couple of years really shut down most interviews, which it seems pretty selfish. I think it was a time to get some rest, but all the energy I get from doing it. I mean, I get pumped up, man. I, I tell you what, I need it as much as you do, and and the audience needs it. I I get pumped up every time I'm out sharing the Lord, and and, and that's where He wants me. I have to have a stage. Think about the people on the stage. Uh, maybe the Lord keeps them there because that's what keeps them straight. You know, they can't live in a world that uh, go to work and do the things that a lot of great Christians can do and still witness. They have to have that spot. And he's, he's okay with it because that keeps them that keeps them motivated and, and getting filled, you know. So I don't know. I, I just know it works for me. I, I love sharing. Yeah, and it's important because we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. Your testimony is heard, and I think it's totally okay for you to take a little bit of a break to because your your itinerary was intense. I'm sure uh, right. if just speaking and going and going, and and uh, he wants us to take care of our temples and so forth. But I'm glad you got rested up, and I'm glad you said yes to this interview. Yeah. I was so thankful. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely I see where. Um, a lot of times you probably get some and you know with steve i use the word haters haters is that's not the right word but pushback from people who do not understand um how you know praying for them how can we be praying for you because what you're doing is so vitally important and there are people out there i know that I, I won't go into detail, but I've dealt with Christians who are like, you know, Maggie, don't, don't, you know, you're just glorifying the evil by, you know, exposing that. And I'm like, uh, he's the adversary. And if we do not know, we will fall victim to that. And right. so we cannot allow him to be glorified in any way. So how does that work for you as far as when people come at you because you are talking and exposing darkness because there's a whole lot of demons that go to church. Right. And we're not, listen, y'all, again, we're not hating on the church. We love the church. Okay. We're talking about people professing Christians that are really just broken and need help and need Jesus. You can't keep demons out of church. You know, you can't because people bring them in, you know, it's like yeah. uh, some of the AA groups and such like that. It's good for a season. But after a while, it's just, I say, hang with healthy and minister the unhealthy. So my circle is really tight. Uh, Danny Silk wrote a book, Keep Your Love On, and it talks about keeping your circle tight. And and I just, I hang with healthy, what are healthy Christian guided men and women, very few, maybe less than 10, and the rest I minister to. And I think that's a good thing to do because... And an objection to that, people say, well, Jesus hung with sinners. There's, everybody's a sinner. Not him, but, <laughs> right. you know. And it's a lie from Satan that he partook. He didn't. 
you know, he ministered to him. You know, he he in no way was like the people that he was around. You know, I don't care if That's he right. ate tax collectors or what. It's it's kind of a it's kind of become a catchphrase, and and especially on the charismatic side, I think uh, I have an, a little issue with one side of the church because they fall for about everything. They've every wind of doctrine. If they're not careful, we're on the other side. There may not be much uh, movement of the Holy Spirit, if you will, but you're not going to move them from that. You're not going to get them out of the Bible. You know, you're going to get them from that truth. They may not, you know, they may not, you might not see a lot of miracles and that kind of stuff, but you're not going to move them much. Where on the other side of the church, and that's the side that I'm in a lot of, is uh, you, you see them falling for every wind of doctrine and, and getting swept away because, and not just that, but the shallow teaching creates a, a shallow truth. And so that's why there's no healing. There's no, uh, you know, you don't see, uh, soundness of mind, you don't see healthiness. When you see that rampant in a certain part of the church, then the, the teaching's not there. You know, they're not learning it. So uh, that's my spiel on that anyway. I'm not trying to attack Christians at all. Like I said, I hurt for them right. because because we can be free. You want to be free? He who sets free is free indeed. We just need Amen. to walk. Now we need to learn how to walk in it, you know, in him. With that all, we don't have to have all this spectacular stuff going on. I'm, I'm tired of the drama. I just right. like the peace and the and the. I just love his presence because that in his. I I fell 14 feet, like I said. I'm sore, but at 66 years old, falling on your back onto a hard ground, 14 feet should have killed me. And the first thing I said was, "Well, thank you, Jesus. I'm still I'm still up. You know, I'm I'm bruised and hurt, but uh, you know, he's." He is our protector. He's our he's our healer. So I'm not saying I'm, I'm I, I can't be heard. I'm not saying that, but I don't know. He wants me around for some reason. He wants you around for a lot of reasons because people are <laughs> are, are seeing uh, you know seeing so much um, as far as healing and restoration in your life, and that that breeds that breeds healthiness and that brings yeah. hope. It brings hope because it does bring hope. It brings hope. You know, the biggest thing I see in mainstream church is people want to see you see you in your past sin. Here they talk about new creature, new creation, but they're, they're always thinking, I wonder if he'll ever go back. Peter said it, you know, where else am I to go? You got the keys to eternal life, you know, like I want to go back there. I remember it. it's like falling yesterday. I don't want to do that again. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it's just... It's unhealedness. It's uh, they're unhealthy, and that hurt. It hurts you, but then you got to realize they're not being taught. You know, they're they're not being taught. I was going to say if anybody right. if anybody watching right. wants to ask something, take we can take a question, right? Can somebody type a question in? Or? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Listen, y'all, go ahead and log in the comment section here if you have questions because Michael will be happy to answer those. Now, Michael, a while ago. I don't know if it bleeped out on their part, but right when you were talking about falling, it kind of cut out. So I didn't hear that. That just happened yesterday. Yeah, I, I had an air conditioner of all things go out. We live in an RV. We just bought a house, but it's going to be a couple months for it. I've lived in this RV 12 years so I could do ministry. It's it's in fact, on the road. before I got married, before I got married eight years ago, I told my wife in L.A., I said, if you marry, I can't provide for you. I said, I can't provide for you. I'm in ministry and I just live off of don't. And she looked at me like, that's an odd thing to say. But I said, if you marry me, the Lord will provide for us. And so 
I think we have that wrong at church, relying on this guy or this woman or this. No, he's our provider. So I had to yes, fix this air conditioner. I had to go to Kansas City to find a used air conditioner. I was working on it and literally stepped backwards, fell 14 feet onto a hard ground. And that should have, I missed a, a pole oh, sticking out of the ground. I missed this pole sticking out again. I'm all bruised. I'm all cut up and bruised. But I could have I could have died yesterday. I mean, it was that 14 feet feet. That's a long ways no at any age. At any age. So Yes. Well, those angels are working hard. So um they I'm I'm certain that, you know, the protection of the Lord, you know. Um you mentioned I in, felt it. I don't, you felt it? Maggie, I, I'm telling you, I sat there. I said something I shouldn't have said real quick. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I felt this presence, you know, and we had this to do today. I one time had a blowout on my, uh, I ride my Harley everywhere in LA on the, I was doing 75 going around a corner in Long Beach and I had a blowout. I shouldn't have made it. I mean, I was in a hub lane. Mm. They had to shut down the whole side of traffic, six lanes. And the cop says, you should have been dead. I go, well, I'm speaking in San Diego tonight. Why would the Lord bring me out here? And then I die on the way to, to, to glorifying him. He goes, amen. <laughs> you know, so they, they had to shut down that whole freeway this <laughs> two years ago to get me off. You know, so I don't know. I feel a little special at times. I think we should feel special as his child, you know. Yes. And we should know that he is our protector. You know, and I don't know if there's an interview that I heard of yours or if it was in the book or where I heard of it. Psalms 91. Uh, you know, I pray that over our land and protection and things like that. That has a little bit of a special meaning to you, doesn't it? Right. I picked up a guy once, a hitchhiker north of Little Rock, and and he was hitchhiking and he got in the truck and I felt different. You know, I felt like, whoa, what's with you? You know, and and I go, what do you do? And he goes, oh, I pass out Bibles. He had a whole knapsack. He was kind of gritty looking, but tough looking, but. Almost like, remember that show, uh, the angel show with Michael, whatever his name was. Uh, uh, Michael I can't Landon, remember. yeah. Yeah, almost like that. Just kind of, yeah, whatever, yeah. And and we had a long dialogue for 15, or, you know, it was 15 minutes long, long but deep. And I had satanic Bibles, and he had holy Bibles. And he got in the truck, and, and uh, we talked. And one thing that he goes, I'm going to pray for you and your three kids for your salvation. I go, How'd you, oh, I know how you know. You're spiritual just like me. And highway to heaven, that's it, Venus. Uh, but anyway, I let him out and, and uh, he was, no, you know, he was nowhere. But I had satanic bio. It showed, it showed the two forces because there's only two forces. You know, I still carry a satanic Bible when I speak and I display it. The Lord said it was all right. You're, you got two sides. You got, I, can, you, I don't know if you can see my hands or not. On one side, you got the Holy Bible. On the other side, satanic. Anything in between is of the enemy, you know. So I'm not afraid of the satanic Bible. It has no power over me. You know, I'm not, I don't think it brings any bad juju to my bus. I've been cleared to, to take it. But it's a vivid display that there's only two There's only two paths. There's only two. Anything outside of the Lord is not of God. So, mm, Wow. Venus wants to know how... Um... What do you need prayer for to get your film created? I know you said the right people because of the content. What else? Well, it's just, it's all finances. Nobody, it's hard to get finances on a film that's never been made, that type of film. They're looking at Denzel for lead character, which I thought was, or for the pastor, 
uh, I know Kathy Bates are really, they want to be my evil grandmother. She'd be perfect. Or Lynn Shea. Uh, for me, they're, they're looking at Chris Pine and Chris Pratt and a few people like that. Uh, it's going to be an expensive film, but I, the funding for a private film or for an independent film like this, it's going to take the funding. Uh, the, the final script, we've had 18 scripts over the last eight years written. The final one is just beautiful. I mean, it's to get the message out in a coy way. Uh, people, we didn't want, I didn't want people going, an audience member going and saying, oh, they trapped us. It looked like this, but it's just, here's another Chris. It's not like that. I mean, they're going to look at it and want to go back again because there's so much in it. Uh, yeah. So it's take just, their friends. What's that? Yeah. I want a husband and, and wife to friends. leave. I want a husband and wife to go there and leave it and said, no, I don't think that's what he meant. Yeah, that's what he meant. And and then go gorge on their favorite comfort food right afterwards. That's what I want. Then they'll be talking about it and telling their friends about it. So and that'll draw attention to the Lord and that a life can change because uh, in the book I'm, or in the movie, it's not so much I'm so evil. I'm just not of God. I, we didn't we didn't make it gory. Uh, there's no sexual stuff in it and only 13 cuss words. So. We have to be real in it. Uh, you can only have one F-bomb in a movie for it to be PG-13. So this definitely be R-rated. Uh, I think there's two F-bombs and a lot of S-words, which were my favorite words. Uh, but it has to be, it has to be real. Uh, and I think even young teenagers can go see it or young younger kids, they see worse on TV. So we kept it clean and uh, yet it would be R definitely with somebody like... Uh, uh, you know, Mary Lambert and Ralph Winter doing the, the, the scenes and stuff and the mental, you know, there's the, the cinematography and stuff. It, it's going to be scary. And spiritual stuff is scary. I mean, they brought a whole crew in Oklahoma a few years ago and intervi interviewed everybody in my book. Everybody. They brought in people wow. that's known me, you know, 20, 25 people, and they did hour-long, two-hour-long interviews. And the crew left saying, you know why this is scary? It's real. They even believe it. they go, this is real because all those people collaborated. They don't even know each other and they all had the same stories. And so yeah, when you go, on, I see that. Yeah. What's worse is, you know, it's scary stuff is scary because I don't believe in fiction. I think everything's possible with, you know, this evil world and everything that we live in. But when you find, when you yeah. realize it's a true story, that, that, a, that, a scare you into Jesus. You know, I mean, that's scary. It's frightening, but mainly money. We need the finances. We got, a, we got a great crew. We got uh, great crews, uh, you know, line directors and our line producers and producers. We got, we got one of the best crews I could ever want. It's just going to take the funding. So well, pray for all money. of y'all watching, join Venus in prayers, join Venus in prayers. Cause Venus is a praying woman. I know her. And we'll all be praying for the finances because I agree. I think this needs to get out. I think people need to see it, see it real, the realness of it. So they understand uh, that the, just the redemption side of it. Yeah. Oh, here's some. I'm just now seeing that there's comments. <laughs> I, I didn't. I was on private chat on here. I'm just now seeing that there's comments on it. So. Can you still hear me? You went, you froze up. This was saying that that was a good point. Uh, oh, yeah. Anything. Enemy. And yeah. Um, we don't have a whole lot of. 
Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of questions coming in, but I know that there's. I'll go back and get a hold of Michael. We'll get him answered if you do have questions. I do want to. You know, when I became, I I was in so much darkness. I had demonic manifestations in my home, things like that. And I played spiritual warfare music for hours on end, you know, like back when cassettes were out. Yeah. Continuously, because it was just so much oppression. With that being said, when I came out, I mean, I, I got rid of so much. I burnt stuff that God probably would have been okay with because of the things that I went through. So when I got rid of everything, at first I was like, I'm not celebrating Halloween. I'm not letting my kids celebrate Halloween. Um, and then I got kind of lackadaisical and started thinking, this is a great time to evangelize. So I would get Christian tracks and I would get the high quality chocolate, the good stuff, wrap it up and do that. Well, because you were on the other side and you are aware of how there are so many different um, uh, holidays, you know, we have our Christian about it being the third um, most celebrated or holidays for Satanists and second for Christians. And that, you know, because I've been on the stance for years now. No, born on Halloween. I had my oldest son. Uh, he was born. Uh, he was literally, I wasn't even saved when he was born. And I was praying that he would not be born on Halloween. Yeah. I'm missing part of what you're saying here. Can you talk to the viewers about whether or not uh, that is uh, how dangerous that can be or what your take is on that? Uh, it's like, it's like anything. Uh, I don't think inherently anything is evil like that. Uh, now, you know, the further along I get on my walk, it's how much you, Put that thing above God. You know, see what I'm saying? So it's like my yeah. carrying the satanic Bible still has no power or authority on me. It's just used as a prop just to show the audience, hey, you're serving one or the other. Halloween, I've, I've, I'm not celebrating it. And it's not because right. it's all about demons and, and ghosts and goblins and all that stuff. But it started in that way back. You know, it started because of that. And it's just not for me. I'm not going to tell other people, Hey, it's, you shouldn't do it. It's just like, I don't tell my wife what to do. I try to guide her into doing the right to make the right choices. You know, it's her choice. Um, I'm not, you know, especially with seculars, you know, and it's hard to cut off everything at one time. You just start with the basics. You love on them and see, exemplify your life for them, show them how Christ is, you know what I mean? How he, he works through you and that love, that, that understanding and everything mm. works its way because we can't just close off everything. My goodness. Halloween, it got froze up. It got froze up. That's kind of uh, my position as well. I don't tell other people what to do, but I, you know, it's gotta be a level of discernment, but why was it so important to Satanists for that to be their third holiday? Yeah, then you got to wonder what's the first holiday. It's your birthday. Talk about narcissism. The, all the, about you. Celebrate it's me. It's all about you. 
that should yeah. tell us what not to do. But wow. uh, well, it's a it's a night that's been celebrated for since early on. Uh, you know, kind of to, they started it dressing up goblins and stuff to ward off demons. So they knew about demons. They're trying to scare the demons off, I guess, uh, Scotland and, and Ireland and such. But uh, it's just something that uh, that distracts. I mean, anything that takes you away from glorifying God, you know, we can get on to, you know, anything that in your own life that takes you away from thinking about things of heaven. And we should any of it's bad. I mean. But that particular holiday is now taken. It's number one now. It's not number two. Uh, as far as sales, Halloween oh, beats, wow. Christmas, it beats Christmas. So where our money goes, you know, it tells you a lot of where, you know, what's the number one holiday now is, is from what I understand is, is Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as far as dangerous, it, it's just one of those slippery slopes. Uh, it's like what gets you into porn? What gets you into gambling? What gets you into anything. Uh, and, you know, Paul said everything is permissible, but not beneficial. And uh, I don't know if you're getting any of this because you froze up. So maybe I'm not froze, but uh, we just got to be careful day by day. We learn more to be like him and what we need to stay away from. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you're getting this. Uh, my goodness. Well, um, there we go. There it is. Yeah. You're frozen up, Michael. Back. Yeah. Yeah, we go. It's in and out, I think. I've got a good signal. Uh, it's. We've been going out as far as. Michael on that end that I believe that that's probably is going to pose get out and tell you the name of the book is Ascent from Darkness and it is how Satan's soldier became God's warrior and let me see came darkness where he stand and agree decree and declare and so forth and it was such a cool thing and so there's people like going well the devil is just a a representation of evil. Listen.